0: How good do you wanna feel? Feeling good is not anything you have to earn, but it is an actionable choice you have to take. I am offering you the opportunity to join my Warrior Women 30-Day Challenge. I have chosen four superpowers to focus on for this 30-day challenge. Once you master even one of these, everything starts to shift. Week one is all about self-compassion. In week two, we're gonna talk about the importance of pleasure, why we think we have to earn it, and why sacrificing and suffering lead to burnout. In week three of the 30-Day Warrior Women Challenge, we learn about abundance. In week 4 you we're going to learn how to access ease and flow. You can begin this 30-day challenge anytime you want, and you can even do it more than once. You can do it at the pace that works for you. Own your worth and own your life. Put yourself not only back on the list, but right at the top. I dare you. You can access the 30-day challenge by accessing the link in the show notes. And because you are a podcast listener, you're going to get this for only $39. 30 days of working on you for 39 bucks? That is a hell yes. Okay, Warriors, the challenge has been issued. The only question is, will you take it? Well, how good do you want to feel? Love you, Warriors. Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek. And this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Well, hey, Warrior Women. I thought I would put together an episode of all the best financial tidbits that I have heard over the past years on this podcast. I mean, I'm talking about some gold financial nuggets. Make sure you save this episode and re-listen to it, take notes, take out that pad and paper, because we are going to get some financial freedom and learning today. So buckle up while you listen to some wise women as I get ready for the Women of Wealth Summit with the Broad Network in August. So this is a little precursor to all the financial fabulousness that you'll receive there. So let's get into it. Let's talk about money ladies money is not a dirty word it's a great word and i'm thrilled to tell you that the bra network is launching the wealthy women summit or wewo the wewo summit is not your typical conference with lanyards and cold coffee hosted by the bra network on august 25th and 26 2022 on the sir winston yacht in long beach The Wealthy Women's Summit is for anyone looking to expand their wealth in mind, body, health, leadership, business, and community. Join us for two impactful days where we'll dive into the concept that wealthy living is a mindset and commitment to a value of your own self-worth. You can learn more and get tickets at wewosummit.com. That's W-E-W-O Summit dot com. Let's talk about money and let's be wealthy women together. You really believe in having a money mindset. What does that mean? Because some people may think that means like I got to pinch every penny and be really freaked out about money, but that's not what
1: you mean. To me, a money mindset is the lens through which you view the world and your relationship with money. So what I love to do is I love to personify money for just a moment. So, you know, rhetorical question, what would your relationship with money be? You know, would it be the love of your life? Would it be a hero? Would it be a villain? So if it was a Disney character, you know, is it Jafar? Is it Ursula? Or is it Ariel and Jasmine? Like what's happening here? You know, what disempowering beliefs do you hold about money? What inner talk are you subscribing to around your capabilities of making sound financial and other decisions? You know, What habits are you cultivating to grow your wealth and have a lifetime of opportunities? And so for me and my money story, you know, I like to view it as the Disney hero. I I imagine a well-behaved, polite butler, almost like, you know, the butler for Batman, who serves loyally as I wish and helps my friends. Let me get you that. And it provides for family in times of need and who loves when I spend money and invest it because it gets to come back fivefold. So I'm not afraid to spend money, even large sums. And it's definitely taking you know inner work to do that because I'm releasing old habits and old narratives that decreased my magnetism when it came to money and, and from those money stories we developed as children. So the top ways I see to curate a money mindset are to heal those old traumas around money and forgive your past.
2: We're holding on tight-fisted. If you imagine being tight-fisted, right? So if somebody wants to give you money and you're holding your fists tight. How do you receive the money? You right. don't I get it. Right. So you have to just. So there's, invulnerability, that is a pathway to victory, right? So you may have to be a little vulnerable and not knowing. I'm going to tell you, if you have a question, somebody else had it before you, other people need to hear the answer because of you. I had been at events where I've asked questions where people are sitting next to me and near tears going, thank God you asked that question because I was too embarrassed to, Right? right? So it's really just mustering up enough courage, right? Like That mustard seed of courage to just ask and let it be. I think the biggest fear is the fear of criticism.
3: And we can tend to be our own worst critics. Entrepreneurship is never something that I had considered. Once I had a kid and I knew that I wanted to be home and I needed that flexibility, things kind of shifted. So I started a design business from my house. And when I did that, I was like, wow, wow. Entrepreneurship comes with a craft ton of mental blocks. Like suddenly I realized, like, oh my God, like I have my money mindset is awful. I have so much imposter syndrome and it had never bothered me before because I had a job and I still got a paycheck regardless of it. But like once all of that was like in the way of me actually getting paid to do the things that I was doing, I was like, all right, I got to fix all of this. And so I actually ended up finding uh, rapid transformational therapy for myself as an entrepreneur and having a session done. And I loved it. And then I was like, this is what I want to do. And I got certified at RTT and transitioned into business coaching. I was like, I think every single woman needs this. Every single female entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. And you know what? You bring up a good point because when you're an entrepreneur, it's such a different, you know, you're constantly putting yourself out there and you feel like you're putting yourself out there, even though we're really not putting ourselves out there. Like we're doing our business. It's the business out there, but it feels like. We're putting ourselves out there, and it feels scary because you like if someone says like, "Oh no, thanks, Gabby, I don't want your design help." You're like, "You mean you don't like
4: me?" What are oh, you yeah. saying? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have you always had a really good relationship with money? No. Or was that no, something no, you had no, no, to learn? No, no, no. Some of the lies that I told myself was like, "Oh yeah, my dad will take care of it," and I did stupid things with money like. Because my dad always told me like, I'm going to take care of you. Like, okay, I'm going to rack up all the bills as much as possible. I'm going to rack up my credit cards. I'm going to rack up parking tickets in New York and I'm just going to have you pay for night. And then when you look at yourself, what the book tells you is you have to look at, look at it, right? So there's four steps. It's look, see tell the truth and take an authentic action. Those, those four things. And then when you do that, you realize like, oh my God, no wonder nothing is working out with me because I'm not living who I really am. And I thought thought to myself like, well, that's not who I am. Like, I don't want to be an asshole. Why do I act like that? Why, why do I rack up credit card bills? Why do I just leave my car on the street to, to rack up tickets, you know, just because it's snowing, you know, like, when, once I started getting aligned, when I paid back my parents for the, the parking tickets, even though they didn't even ask for it, it, it was about $5,000 when I paid back my student loans. Something happened, you know, and, and change happens like this. The truth is when you make that really strong intention, even if you didn't pay back your student loan or that debt, it's that strong intention that I'm going to live a different way. That's when you sort of wake up and that's when things change.
5: They started telling me about their difficulties with money. And I saw that it didn't matter how much or little money people had. The worry was always the same. A sense of disempowerment with this form of energy. And I saw it as energy. You know, the definition of energy is the capacity to do things in physical reality. And money is energy. If I give someone X amount of money to hang my Christmas lights outside of my home, which I just did today, they'll do it because that energy is converted into work. I started a program, you know, which is something I needed to take. And it morphed and more people came to me and we went through these kind of a self-searching and people started having breakthroughs. And so the rest is history. 35 years later, now I have a coaching academy that I'm the head of. and But the energy of money has always been something that's been fascinating for me, because how you and I do money is how we do the rest of our life. How we interact with money, with the energy of money, is how we interact with other areas in our relationships having to do with our health. So if you have a breakthrough with money, meaning if you learn how to become financially successful, which is doing what you said you would do with money consistently with clarity, focus, ease, and grace. I mean, I've worked with millionaires who weren't financially successful because they were so worried about their money. I've worked with people who had far less, but they were having a great time because they had saved money. They weren't going on the trips they've always wanted to go on. You know, money didn't scare them. If you have a breakthrough with money, it no longer phases you. You no longer get anxious about it. You no longer worry about it it frees you up for the rest of your life.
6: It's definitely better to save than like be overspending. And, you know, I'm not saying don't overspend, don't have any like reserves set aside. But if those people who, let's say you had eight months set aside and you lost your job last April, you were at zero now, right? right? So a a bank account that it's, it's good, but it's, the percentage is so that's not passive income stream. That is not another leg. It's sort of like strengthening one leg. So it's 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 good. I'm not saying you shouldn't have any savings, but to just give that advice, like that's all you need to do is put like stock money aside or drink less lattes, like that's gonna give you security. It's not true. Yeah. And that pisses me off. Sorry <laughs> when I hear that. I'm like, because that's not enough. No that's it's not it. it does and it's not even it's not enough it doesn't do the job. Yeah. It doesn't give you legs.
0: Well you talk about there's a lot of crises in our lives like it's unrealistic to be like oh life's just beautiful and
7: it, it, no there's a crisis around every damn corner. How do we deal with that Nelly? If you want to be bulletproof from any crisis the number one thing you have to do is save 2 years of salary. Okay. At whatever level you're at. For some people, that's a lot. And for some people, it's less. Doesn't matter. You have to have two years of money put away. Why? Because you have to have one year to sustain you through any crisis if you don't make a penny. And one, the, other, the second year, you're going to invest in something that you don't do for a living. So, for instance, real estate, stock a CD, uh, you know, selling on eBay, whatever it is, something that makes you money while you sleep. Because if you only have one track of income, you're screwed. Sooner or later, you're going to be screwed. I don't care if you're a doctor. I don't care if you're a lawyer. I don't care if you're a school teacher. I don't care if you're a bus driver. If something goes wrong, you have an
4: accident, you get sick, you're screwed. I see a lot of women who say that they offer branding services, but I really come at it with how can you make money with your brand? I don't care if it looks pretty. Can you make money? Are you making money? That's the question I always want to ask people. Are you offering three things? You know, Are you giving back? Do you have a purpose? Does this purpose resonate with you and your clients? and when they understand what their purpose is because purpose is a powerful powerful thing you know when you have purpose you can tie together a team you can improve your culture and then i believe that the companies with purpose make the most money as well too so being able to build a brand that is purpose driven that's for the good of the world is 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 really really my goal and make lots of money
6: especially in this time when everyone is like economically so fraught right I want people to take away the idea that they should create crisis proof finances and what I mean by that is this so most people are taught and if, if you imagine your finances like a table right most people are taught they have they have this table they have one leg under their table that's their job. Right. So they have this job and that's their that's their source of stability. So what happens when that job you lose like that leg goes down? The
4: whole Everything thing collapses. comes crashing yeah. down.
6: Yeah. The whole thing collapses. And and that could be because you got sick or you got fired. Right. Or <laughs> that's a global event. right? You don't know what's gonna, a gonna pandemic you, We had two incomes and then we had a couple of rental properties. So we were, I lost my job, and then my husband was sort of like, you know, his leg was very shaky, but those rental properties helped us and we could create. So this economic, I'm I'm so grateful now, again, we're in this really tough economic situation, but I have created so many legs under my table since then that it's, we're, we're very, very stable. All right, like I, I, we can lose quite a few legs, and we we have lots of legs still there. And what I, what I hope people take away, is that like the importance of creating legs that are especially ones that are mostly passive. So some people are like, yeah, I'm good. I have like three jobs, right? Or I have this business and that business, but they're all based off of you and your time, which is still like, you're the, you're the one thing. And if you can't do it, then psh, there go your legs. So you want, you want legs that are there, but legs that aren't dependent on your time and have lots of those. So, you know, it could be intellectual property, it could be stock dividends, real estate, you know, a business where the business is working without you, legs. So yeah. that things happen, you are stable. Mm-hmm. You are crisis-proof. You're not just crisis, but you have enough legs, yeah. enough passive income streams that they it works without you, at all, right? You like you don't have to trade your time for money at all to have everything covered. That is financial freedom, and that's my goal for one million women that have enough of those financial like passive income streams. So whether they they're working or not, they're good.
0: You talk about how we're here to become conduits of energy and that our love-hate relationship with money informs everything else. So you just kind of spoke on that a little bit, but explain what you mean by we're like, we're, we're here to become conduits.
5: Well, a conduit, Liz, is simply something that takes energy from one place to another. Think of a water pipe that takes water from a lake and brings it to a garden to grow the garden. So what if we are here to learn how to become channels or, you know, conscious conduits for the energy of money, the energy of time, the energy of physical vitality? I mean, and and when it comes to money, you see, it's kind of interesting. You know how to, a water pipe can, can get kind of gunky? Yeah. And then the water starts trickling out. It doesn't gush very much. Yeah. And sometimes it'll get a leak. And so the water will go all over the place, but not to the garden. Well, think about that as a metaphor for your relationship with money, where the gunk in it represents all kinds of incompletions yeah. that have to do with you and money. Things that you're supposed to have done that you you haven't done yet. You know, bills you haven't paid yet, insurance you haven't gotten yet, all kinds of stuff, which the minute I start talking about that, people start hyperventilating, but so, yeah, really, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, but that, that's gunk. And then leaks, where do you leak money? Where do you spend money without getting value or enjoyment about it? You know, There's a woman who had never taken a vacation in pretty much uh, most of her life. She said, you know, I guess I don't have good vacation karma. I said, well, let's, let's look here. Wait. And she discovered she tracked every penny she spent at the moment she spent it for 30 days. And she saw that she was spending about $7 a day at work on cappuccinos, croissants, all kinds of stuff, you know? And, um, $7 a day is $35 a week, $140 a month and over a thousand, whatever a year. And she said, my God, no wonder. So she started getting cappuccinos and croissants only on Mondays and Thursdays. And incidentally, she said, I started enjoying them more because they weren't a habit. I started losing weight because I wasn't eating so much. And at the end of a year, I get a postcard from her from Club Med. Ah. her Her first fully paid for vacation.
1: And so we don't actually set aside money to take certifications or trainings unless it's required for a job or take classes just for fun to better ourselves. You know, somewhere along those lines, we stopped improving who we are and what we do. So for me, as a perpetual student, I know the power of one idea can change a life. I invest in my ability to grow. Like you said, I am the asset. I am the one with the purpose, the skills, the talent that will generate future cash flows. But I think beyond generating future cash flows, I have value and it's not attached to what I do at all. You know, I'm an asset. I am meant to be safeguarded from misappropriation, protected. I realized at a certain point that I stopped keeping promises to myself somewhere along this. And when I noticed this, I made this commitment to lifelong learning and to what I call the happiness of pursuit rather than the pursuit of happiness. You know, I invest in myself with qualifications, with an upgrade to a better hotel suite, if it's going to change my energy and, and tools I need to generate impact like technology. And, and if I'm changing myself, I'm changing the world.
8: Like you said, they can go to SheAngelInvestors.com and get a a free download that will give an idea of where they should start. And then the the paid course is called, it's very affordable, It's because we wanted it to be affordable to everyone who's starting out. Uh, It's called Six Ways to Fund Your Business. And the reason I created it is, I think the first thing you should do is educate yourself on what are the various ways to get funding and then through the course, learn what is the best for your particular situation, whether you're a new business starting out or if you're a business that wants to grow and expand and scale. And so there are things outside of angel uh, groups and venture capital. One of the newest ones that we talk about is equity crowdfunding. What is that? Why is it new? Why is it a popular way for women to get investing? You know, so I would educate myself on, what are the various types of funding you can get and, and then figure out which one is the best for what you're doing. But there is access to capital out there for women and it's growing and you're not limited to one or two ways to do that.
7: The American system is built on you going somewhere, buying property cheap, holding it for 20 years. And in 20 years, you'll be a millionaire. There is a 20-year cycle to making money, right? So if you go, like if you come out of school and go get a job in Bentonville, Arkansas, which is my favorite city in America, <laughs> a ton of jobs where you can buy a house for under $100,000, then when you're in 20 years, that house will be worth a million. That's just the way things appreciate, Right. Yeah. And I think we don't realize, like, again, there's not enough financial literacy. We don't talk about this in school. Women don't talk about this with each other. We're financially illiterate. Yeah. And there is a financial system that this country is made of. If we don't know it, if we don't understand it, there is, it's like you're playing Monopoly Monopoly, and you don't know the rules of the game. You're going to, you're not going to win. What do you think is the biggest mistake women in particular
2: make when it comes to money? Do not let someone else lead your money. Your money is your energy. It's your currency. You and only you know how to lead it
0: you see a woman and she applies for a job or she puts an offer out and she's got to check every box. I mean, the graphics have to be perfect. There's gotta be the perfect messaging. I gotta have my funnels and my lead chats and I gotta have my check, 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 check. And then here's a man, yeah. you know, I'm just going to put that shit out there. Yeah. I mean, and they get the same result or better sometimes. Why? You're yeah. just freaking putting it out there. They just whip it out. Like, hello. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, mean, I think yeah. it's really important to note we do sometimes like as women, get to, a little too precious yes. with our things that we're selling mm-hmm. or doing. And it's yeah. getting into that perfectionism. Sometimes yep. done's better than perfect.
3: Almost every time. <laughs> because I, I always tell people, I'm like when things get done, you get data. When things do not get done, all you have is projection. You're just sitting there with your own little thoughts about it your own little beliefs about it, when you actually put it out there, you can actually see, you know, what do people actually think? Is nobody really buying this offer? And then people find that they're like so liberated. They're like, nobody bought it. It felt much better than I thought it would. (laughs) Yes, because now you can go back and be like, okay, nobody bought it. Let me fix it. You know, it's always, you know, you you, you need to activate that like problem solving part of you. And you do that through action.
0: Absolutely. And you do it from trial and error and it's okay Mm -hmm. to have some error so that you can get the data and know how to change.
5: Sit down with a friend, go through your credit card bill for three months. Where are you spending money that you know, you love spending money, you know, you need to spend and where do you see you're just leaking money?
0: That's a really good exercise.
5: Oh yeah, it is. It's a great exercise. Great exercise. Because when you see where you're leaking money, you can then say, well, what would I be putting my money to that same amount if I weren't leaking it like a vacation savings account? You know, there's so much you can do with this sweet energy. There's no need whatsoever to be afraid or anxious about it at all. Get in community,
2: get coaches or mentors, because if you think about these people who were successful, if somebody has gone through a landfill, right? Landmine on the other side and now it's your turn and they offer to walk with you and guide you and
0: so you can avoid it yeah no you can
2: avoid it take their hand the first is the belief system Mm -hmm. believe right to stop the indoctrinated belief that we've been conditioned with that women can't right women don't know money men do math better that's a hooey it's whoever learns it more whoever studies it more. Whoever becomes the expert, right? Who's If one has put 10,000 hours into it and the other has not, the one who has 10,000 hours beats them hands down, right? They became the expert. So holding the beliefs, mostly the belief around your worth that you're worthy of doing it. So that's really number one, specifically for women. So we can learn from guys. Most guys, they walk up, I got this. Totally. No idea, but they got it. So it's kind of like saying that, yes, and I'll figure out how, because everybody has to figure out how. So you do actually got it. You
0: know, one thing I have learned from coaching women is women don't like to charge money, Gabby. They want to charge just a tiny little bit. And I want you to know that I definitely suffered from this in the beginning. Now I've like ripped the bandaid off and I don't care. I'm going to charge what I want to charge. But in the past, I, I, I felt that way. I've had so many women come to, well, I'm just going to launch this free program. I'm just going to do all these free things, or I'm going to give them, I'm going to just literally before I even open my mouth, give them a discount. And I'm like, zip it, zip Mm -hmm. it. So tell me, what do you think that is? Why do you think women are so reticent to charge what they're worth?
3: Oh my gosh. Can I tell you one of my honest answers?
0: Yes. Tell me. (laughs) Okay.
6: (laughs)
3: What do you mean? Are I we actually having right now? Come on! You know, I I think so much of it too is like a prostitution wound, right? It's like this Madonna whore complex that it's like Mommy, good girls, mean? like like I think that there's this idea that like let's equate it with like sex, right? That good girls, women, wives, it's like you, it's free. Right, we, we just give it because we're in a relationship, and it's like the second that the, that money crosses hands, that there's like something dirty about money. And I think it comes down to that, like primary core human, you know. And I, and I think another thing too is that I, I've been realizing, like, as my sessions get a little bit deeper, is that we don't really realize like how recent women charging is, and and also the fact that like women charging for goods and women charging for services that don't involve selling themselves in some way, shape or form, whether it's via marriage or whether it's, you know, prostituting themselves or we really didn't have much currency for a very, very long time.
8: The reason that women are so underfunded is because the majority of decision makers are white men. And so people tend to invest in people they identify with, which is why white men are the major recipients of the funding. They get more than 90% of all the funding. Hello. So how are we going to solve that? More women need to become angel investors. More women need to be working at venture capital firms and becoming Partners in those firms. Uh, so, like a young woman coming out of college with a business degree, should go seek out an opportunity to work at a venture capital firm and start from the ground up so that one day she's a decision maker there. We have to get more women and girls focused on being in the investment world. And we have to get more successful women thinking outside the box of not just investing in you know, stocks and bonds and real estate, but to being an angel investor and investing in other women, which by the way, the secret is that can be super lucrative, way more than the bonds that they're in or the stocks that they're in. And so there's angel groups popping up all over, especially focused on women that they can go enjoy and learn how to become an angel investor. And Benefit from all the advice and experience that the women running these uh, angel groups have. So many venture capital funds are popping up uh, that are fund- uh, that are being created by women. How exciting is this? That's amazing. And so that's what'll start to move the needle. Okay. So Every we woman need to get in those positions. We need to get yes. into decision making
0: positions because white males are giving to white males. We need women in the decision making seat.
8: Yes. Yes. And when it's a venture capital fund funded by women that are focused on giving money to women and people of color and LGBTQ, then that's what happens. That money goes to those. That's who they're focused on. You have to look for the new funds that are focused on that. If you are a woman, a person of color or LGBTQ, you have to look for funds and angel groups that are looking to uh, fund, uh, you know, people that fall into that category
7: don't buy shoes, buy buildings. Tell me about this, Nellie. What do you mean by that? Women spend their life acquiring things that are worth nothing instead Mm -hmm. of having a goal. I'm going to own a building. I'm going to own my house and pay it off. I'm going to own assets that are going to appreciate over 20 years and make me rich and make money while I sleep. And so my next book is about I I have made five times the money in real estate than in my TV life. And I learned that from my Jewish bosses that you don't buy shoes, you buy buildings. You have a plan for your life that's big and you make sacrifices, not suffering, sacrifices, putting money away, investing money in assets that make you
2: money while you sleep. What is the mantra or quote that you live by? I want people to learn to have money mantras. So I'm going to say this one so they can start to practice and create their own. So money, and I learned it from one of my dearest friends and coaches. Money comes to me easily, effortlessly, and abundantly from positive resources. And with it, I give praise to my God. I honor myself. And then I bless my community,
8: family, and friends with its surplus and abundance. I had to go out and seek women that were willing to invest in some female entrepreneurs, found some female entrepreneurs that had innovative, groundbreaking ideas that needed funding, and put together the pitch fest. And then, being a filmmaker, I decided to film it and film their journeys. How were they impacted by getting the funding? and the mentorship of these very successful women and how important it was for women to get behind other women in order for them to succeed. You know, and these women that got the funding would tell me things like, you know what? I don't know that I ever would have launched the business if those smart, accomplished women hadn't said they believed in me and they believed in my idea. It gave them the confidence. And then, of course, the mentorship, as you know, from what you do, the mentorship is invaluable. Part of it is this nice girl thing. Like it's not yeah. nice, right?
0: Yeah, it's not nice to charge money. Like I want to be nice. I want people to like me, and it yeah. is like where, like exactly what you're saying. Where did that come from? And I do think there's something about you know our history of having to kind of buy P- Peter to pay Paul. You know what I mean? Like you had to kind of sh- be sneaky and shift things yeah. around and barter you know, in order to get your voice heard and not upset everybody and all the things. And I think that is a carryover. And maybe that Madonna war thing is, I mean, honestly, that is fascinating
3: to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I started thinking about it recently and I was like, that's, I mean, it's an interesting, you know, it's it's interesting. It is right. When you start thinking about this. Totally. So you think maybe that it could be that it was like, since
0: sex is transactional, you know, prostituting ourselves is transactional, that we looked at money as, as dirty.
3: I think that's part of it. I think it's, you know, part of what you were saying too, you know, that it's that like things have business, you know, going back business was pretty shifty, right? It was not super ethical all the time. But I think for us as women, when it comes to selling the reason why, because it's not just that we like hesitate to sell, we want to be like, but also selling feels like deeply, deeply personal for us. Yes. You know, like there's a lot of layers there that, that we are just starting to unpack, I think, because there's like that whole, element, and I always tell people too, you know, when you're undercharging, you're like creating an energetic imbalance. You're trying to justify, you're trying to get paid in money and in like, (laughs) like, you know, pay me and also like me a little bit. And then you end up disappointed. You end up resentful because like you haven't told the other person that you want that, you know, I, I always tell people like, okay, if you want that, at least be clear about it. Like the lawyer in me is like, tell them that you want $500 and three compliments, you know,
0: like exactly. you have to be clear
3: and straightforward because otherwise you're going to end up disappointed because the other person doesn't know that you are expecting three compliments in return. And And it happens all the time. But I think that there's something deeper too. There's like something why we hold, you know, we, we, women, like they hold their offers, like so close to their heart. They feel like they're like so deeply personal. I'm like, let them go, let them go. You're giving somebody advice on, on Instagram, you know, on on their Instagram, you're whatever, right. This is not so personal. (laughs) Like, Just let it go.
1: You know, money isn't the only resource. Your time is a resource. Your energy is a resource. What you give your dedicated attention to. So beyond just being present, but actually engaging, you know, that is a resource. And it's so constrained by time and by wealth so often. And we stop thinking in that broader perspective and we just focus on, you know, with blinders, what's exactly in front of us and maybe not past the end of our noses.
0: Thank you for everybody for joining me today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star written review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye.